Space Freak Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airways toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. We give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites. And ours is better. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, so freetalklive.com. At least that's what I think. You know, I just... We've got a darn good site. I had a program director compliment uh, compliment me on it today, and complimented me on my uh, on our tenacity to keep at it in the uh, the talk radio game. He didn't want to add the show, but you know, hey, we're making we're making impressions out there, Mark. I that's I what's important. Wouldn't doubt that at all. So, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Got uh, a money related story here in a, in a few moments, but first, Toby, you told me just briefly that there was something called the National Loyalty Day. I've never heard of it. Apparently, it's today. What is this all about? Well, it's it's a brand new holiday, just created um, last month, uh, signed into law by President Bush. Apparently, we don't have uh, enough um, holidays out there that is basically the state worshiping itself. So um, we need another, and that day is now May 1st. Um, this from the whitehouse.gov, um, straight from their mouths. America was founded on, by patriots who risked their lives to bring freedom to our nation. Today, our citizens are grateful for our founding fathers and confident in the principles that lead us forward. On Loyalty Day, we celebrate the blessings of freedom and remember our responsibility to continue the legacy of liberty. Now, hmm. see what I... That sounds nice. It sounds very nice. And the way this letter, the, the letter put on the White House website, it's written very nice. But it, what it really gets into, and I don't want to go through the entire thing because it's more just nice sounding things but what it really gets gets to is down at the bottom where he says now therefore i george w bush president of the united states of america do hereby proclaim may 1st 2007 as loyalty day i call upon the people of the united states to participate in this national observance to display their flag of the united states on loyalty day as a symbol of pride of our nation Hmm. now this is the thing what is pride of our nation exactly and what does the flag exactly represent and in the wake of what we've seen the this current administration doing in the name of liberty and in the name of what our founding fathers supposedly wanted this country to be it just doesn't ring true that i want that to be represented by myself at least and it's not what i see liberty as well i don't know uh, pride in the nation is it's kind of a strange thing like for instance if you like the boston red sox you're proud of them you're, you're they're your the your team the one you like as though you have anything to do with it right you wouldn't um go out and root against them when they played the yankees would you no i i, I don't think so i i'm not a huge sports fan i just so how do you feel about the, how do you feel about the united states military fighting in iraq i it deplorable that they do it in my name to be perfectly <laughs> I know, honest that's, it's, it's it's kind of a strange thing i i like the united states of america i mean you know i i feel a lot of uh good feelings when i think about flags and and uh the star-spangled banner and uh all that good stuff but i don't support the administration and i think that this might be a uh, a trick as it were to get to uh get us to stop thinking about the crap that we're doing and think about just how much we love the nation it says here also, uh, I just pulled this from you, Toby. Uh, it says all citizens can express their loyalty to the United States, not only by flying the flag, as uh, George Bush suggested, but also by participating in our democracy and learning more about our country's grand story of courage and simple dream 
of dignity. So you're right, a lot more uh, just sort of flowery sounding language, and there's a whole paragraph of it that uh, that we've skipped here. But isn't there already a flag day? Yeah, I, that's that's what I thought of when I first read this article. I mean, we already have holidays to support our veterans. We already have a flag day. What There's a- already an Independence Day. To, I mean, if you want to talk about celebrating the, the blessings of freedom uh, and remembering responsibility to continue the so-called legacy of liberi- liberty, isn't legacy uh, sort of a term that's used for the past? That's, I mean, this is very subtle. I don't know if they meant to be this subtle with this, but when you're talking about a legacy, you don't necessarily, you know, I don't know if you're necessarily referring to right now. Legacy is from the past generation, yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, so that's, that's what it means. They're certainly, I mean, they're being honest. There was a legacy of liberty in, in America, but it doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's being destroyed on a, a weekly basis so well, by these politicians. What I found interesting when I was, found this article, I ran across it with a couple of other articles that were talking about detainees not getting um, heard by the Supreme Court. The Supreme mm-hmm. Court says they don't want to listen to them and all this stuff. And it's right in the midst of these these stories that just show how the United States is no longer on the path of liberty and no longer portraying what freedom's supposed to mean. But yeah. here this is embedded in it saying, yes, we do just wave our flags and that means uh, liberty. But that's not actually how I feel about it. Well, who could claim that the U.S. government is loyal to the Constitution at this point? I don't think too many people could. No, I mean, whether it's not, Democrat, not thinking about it. The Democrats or the Republicans, no one could make the claim that they are loyal to the Constitution. Which of course, is what they're supposed to be because the, gov- the Constitution is supposed to be the set of rules that runs the government, but they've completely gotten away from that. So if the government refuses to be loyal to the Constitution, why on earth would anyone else who considers themselves a liberty-loving American that has some level of respect for the, uh, the constitutional system that was originally set up, why would any of those Americans want to remain loyal to this government? This is really kind of like, it's really like Nationalist Day, isn't it? That's that's how I see it, and that's what I really don't like about all this flag waving. Is that's the reason we go to war? Is people flag waving for their nation? My nation's the best. No, my nation's the best. And we're all just individuals. We're just all just people being represented by these people who say, no, since we have stars and stripes on our banner, we're the better team. What um, you know? We talked. I think it was last week about the ten, the the ten steps to a fascist America. And the article was put forth, the author suggested that all ten steps have been taken at this point. Obviously some are, you know, we're further down the road um, on some of them than others. But all of them have been taken. And and they brought up some historical examples of how these things have also happened in other fascist regimes in history. And I just wonder, what sort of holidays did Hitler create? You know, before things started getting really bad, were there, you know, some nationalist holidays that weren't in existence that he brought about to sort of gather everybody together with that same nationalistic fervor that they that they love to uh, to promote amongst the population? Was there were there similar things being done back then? Well, you certainly see uh, pictures of uh, in Nazi Germany with the uh, the flags waving and and that kind of thing. Um, I I don't think we're that far along as uh, Nazi Germany was at, at its worst, but. I, I do see some fascist tendencies in, in our government. Yeah, looking back at um, just continuing down the line of um, things that are waving the flag and stuff, um, the de- uh, saying is uh, we ask school children to go up every day before class and pledge their allegiance to a flag. But what, in many cases, they aren't asked. They're told. Yeah. But, uh, I see where you're coming from. But what are they actually doing, pledging allegiance to a piece, piece of fabric Supposedly, it has our our ideals of freedom and liberty, but does it really? 
Yeah, I think that the uh, the mystique of the flag sort of has that. I mean, the popular aura about the flag has that, but realistically, the flag seems to be a representation of the concept of the United States, and that is 50 states joined together in this union, mm-hmm. or whatever the purposes were of, of doing that. And I think that at this point, that's not something that I that I want to ally myself with because I don't agree with what the United States uh, government does. Well, I think that the flag represents different things to different people. Um, you know, for me, it's it, it's the great heritage that this nation has, and I want, I hope it returns to soon. Um, and I'm going to work hard to do that. Other people, it, it's other things. Some people think think it means uh, you know going around the world and. Uh, Creating peace and democracy for everybody. Some people think that it means, I don't know, keeping the Mexicans out. And speaking of uh, Mexicans, we've got stories. I've got a story about uh, the immigration protests that were going on across America today. Uh, that coming up in a, in a little while as well. But I'm just still looking at the language of this uh, press release. Uh, loyalty Day. Now, you compare homeland, this new you know homeland term, to the old term from the 1940s or 30s of fatherland over in germany do they want you to, i mean is this the idea you're loyal to the homeland wave the flag to show how loyal you are to the united states government it's just kind of spooky it's it's really kind of scary to me and i'd like to know how you feel about this 800-259-9231 is the toll-free SACL cai line 1-800-259-9231 nationalism not good for freedom and liberty I think they're a bit at odds. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net toll free line, or it was. Now it's the Sickle CAI's toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on... Our website, freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Know it first by getting on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. And you need to know the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is happening June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, as well as tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. So get registered today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Well, since we're, sort of, since we're talking about flag waving in the, uh, the event that today has been pronounced apparently by the, uh, the White House, the, that today has been pronounced so-called Loyalty Day, they, no, they already have a Flag Day, they already have Independence Day, they already have Memorial Days, now there needs to be apparently a, a Loyalty Day where Americans... Get all you know teary-eyed about how great their nation is, and as a result, they are asked by the government to fly the American flag in front of their residences and business, places of business to show that they're loyal to America. It it's kind of a spooky concept. Uh, obviously, at this point, there's no punishment for not being loyal to America, but you know, it's sort of got that us versus them feel like what's that you don't have an american flag flying from your house well you're just not loyal to the homeland now are you now i would agree with you um that there's there's a that nation that nationalism can be destructive 
I would agree with you in that respect. And I would also agree it's that the... It's mindless and disgusting, in my opinion. Fine. Um, I, I would also agree that, uh, you know, the pledge to the flag is has some, uh, you know, ugly roots to it, uh, that it was created by a national... Oh, yeah, socialist. we didn't even talk about the pledge. We haven't, no. Um, the flag's separate from the pledge, but the pledge but is loyalty day, and the flag's all wrapped up into this. Right. But, um, and, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, it was created by a national socialist. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't ask in the press release for people to pledge their allegiance, to re-pledge, to show their loyalty. <laughs> um, I, would, I would agree that there's some problems with this, but I would think that um, even more than atheism being iconoclastic towards uh, the American flag is destructive towards whatever ends you might have, um, that there's... You know, um, you can probably. Am I being iconoclastic change. towards the American flag as much as I am just sort of attacking Loyalty Day? It's close. Does one have in the to, same zip code? Well, if one does not wave the American flag, does that make one disloyal to the concepts of freedom and liberty? Perhaps you're disloyal from, you know, the nation. Perhaps you're disloyal from being a part of the U.S. government and supporting of that uh, tyrannical U.S. government. But does that make one uh, disloyal of the concepts of freedom? I don't think it makes them disloyal of the concepts of freedom. Well, but I I think make, a that's lot why of I'm talking about that. this. Well, I understand a lot of people are going to think that. But that's okay. That's their business. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we still need to address these concepts and address the very uh, apparently subtle differences between loyalty to, to freedom which is what I have, I'm loyal to the concepts of liberty and the principles that are behind uh, what it takes to, to get there. But I am not and never will be loyal to a nation state. And there's a huge difference between those two, uh, two aspects. Mm -hmm. I guess the main problem I have with it is because if I wave the flag around and hang it up in front of my house, I feel like that's my tacit support for what the federal government is doing, not only here in the United States, but all around the world. Other people see our flag and it doesn't represent loyalty and freedom. It represents their family and uh, family members and friends being killed. And so to me, I just I guess I have a problem with it because it shows that I'm supporting something that I see as tyranny in a way. Or at the very least, their um, you know their their government that they don't want in power being held into in place by our government because we want to preserve the um, you know the United States wants to preserve the status quo. You know, there's just problems in there are just problems in general utilizing symbols in the public view. Uh, if you're as we've talked about many times on this show, if you're waving the Southern Confederate flag, everyone's I mean most people are going to see that and they're not going to think. Oh, there's someone who supports states' rights. Sorry, that's just not what people are going to think. When someone waves that, that Southern Confederate flag, I would say it's safe to... I think it's safe to presume most people that see that are going to think, Oh, so you support slavery, huh? You know, that's sort of the attitude. There's no, there's no real way to communicate with symbolism. I mean, some people understand it, some people don't. The ones that don't get it could be you know, made very angry by the fact that they don't get it. Similar here, you know, here you are waving the American flag. To you, it stands for liberty and uh, freedom and the values of America and apple pie and all the things that you think it stands for. To me, it stands for, uh, you know, nationalist, ignorant, uh, ignorant nationalism, uh, worship of the nation state, and to somebody else, they might think something else about it. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying don't do it. Do whatever makes you feel good. But understand that whenever you're utilizing a symbol like a flag, 
some people just aren't going to get it. And I agree with that. So, once again, uh, I just find this whole nationalist... I just don't like nationalism. I don't like the worship of the state. And I don't like anything that promotes that concept. Especially, sort of... I, I just feel like nationalism is sort of mindless, in a way. It doesn't... It, it disconnects people from the actions of the state... It it encourages Completely. them to Look ignore the flowery those language in this in this uh, press release released by the White House all over the place. All it does is dribble with stuff about how great and this country was and the principles it was founded and throws around freedom and liberty, but then doesn't actually produce that in its policy. So right. I mean, if you look at this press release, it looks great. Let's have a loyalty day to support what this nation is all about. But does the American flag really represent that? It's like That's... the people that come come back at you if you if you talk if you're talking about something like this and we get the theoretical phone call from the guy that's uh, hey if you don't like it uh, here you can get out well no no I see you you misunderstand I love America and I love what America stands for theoretically and that is liberty and freedom the ability to live one's life as one wants to as mm-hmm. long as they aren't as long as you aren't harming someone else in the process the ability to be free in your life that's what america to me is all about and i think most people would agree with that just because i'm not flying the flag and waving that in your face and because i don't have uh, you know a worship for the state a worship for the government, because I understand that there's a difference between the government and what it stands for, which is violence and coercion and freedom and liberty, doesn't mean that I'm not in favor of America. And it certainly doesn't mean that I want to go anywhere. I want to stay right here and fight for freedom because, darn it, it's worth uh, it's worth fighting for. And it's uh, it's my country. Well, okay, I, I guess, as much as it is anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to me, those concepts are important. I agree. Now then, it's easy for us to say it's our country. But what about the immigrants? Apparently, there were a number of protests across America today. We'll give you the story on that, why there were protests, uh, your calls as well about whatever's on your mind at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Are you a nationalist? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone out there could, I don't know, defend the concept of nationalism because to me, it's indefensible and mindless. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll free, 800-259-9231. would be the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there waiting for you, and a dial-up version as well. You enjoy those. They're on us at freetalklive.com. Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to never bust, never get busted again, or nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. Nevergetbusted.com. 
Awesome. Barry Cooper's on board with the show now. Yes, he has. Got uh, got confirmation today. Very cool. Good to know. All right. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Matt in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hi, Ian, Toby, and Mark. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I was listening to the podcast of uh, like three days ago about the Atlanta case where the cops just barged in, killed the old lady with a gun, yes. and then left the marijuana. And then the cop at the end of the segment is what really got me, uh, got on my, like, my eye up, as they call it. Um, and he was talking about, well, you know, that's just 1%, not even 1% of cops are, are bad. And I'm like, ask a black person. They know <laughs> any bad cop stories. Because not only do I have several bad cop stories where I've had my car towed when they didn't have a reason to tow it, they, they said they couldn't find the registration. I called the DMV up. They go, no, it's fine. Just make, take my car away and search it. I've been searched myself for no reason. And even the Justice Department themselves put out a report two days ago saying that blacks are twice as likely to be searched as whites. Mm-hmm. Now, you, if you, the only way you believe that is, is, is not uh, racial profiling is if you believe blacks are twice as likely to commit crimes as whites. Not so. Exactly. So, I mean, he can say what he wants to. I'm here to just. I'm just here to enforce the laws. Yeah, but you, let's finish that sentence. I'm here to enforce the laws on certain people. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's let's not paint all these cops. And I know some cops, and some cops. I'm not going to say they're all bad. I'm not going to say that either. But ask a black person, ask a Mexican person, how the cops are enforce their laws in their community. Sure, it's a lot different. Absolutely. I mean, just asking I mean, not only blacks and, and Hispanics, but just poor, uh, I think poor people in general. Yes, certainly uh, minorities are targeted heavier, but uh, poor people are also more likely to be targeted than uh, than rich people as well. And that's another factor. Exactly. And it's funny you had that ad coming out of the last segment. It's because I'm not going to lie. I do smoke marijuana. And the best drug dealers in my neighborhood are Asians. You know why? Because really? they never get pulled over in my neighborhood. So they can move around and commute, and the cops never bother them. If I tried to sell drugs, I'd be busted the first day. Yeah. I walked out of my house. Yep, you know? you're probably so, right. Uh, well, thank you, guys. Amazing. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. What do you say to that? <laughs> What are you going to say? I wish, he, I wish he'd called in on Saturday night. Damn, that would have been great, putting him up against uh, the, the cop that had called in to claim that, oh, it's only 1%, oh, just a few bad apples out there that are corrupt. And I, I, you know, I, so I said, I just don't believe it. Uh, from, the, from the former law enforcement officers I have spoken to personally who have essentially told me that corruption is widespread throughout the ranks in the police departments, from those stories, from Leo's, to the stories of the people on the street, to the stories of the people who were the victims of uh, law enforcement corruption. It's just unending. Just the stream of corruption never stops. And regardless of whether it's 1% or if it's 10% or if it's, I don't know, 50%, I don't really know. There's no way to really figure it out, regardless of what the percentage is. We do know that the war on drugs is the factor. That's the real issue. Okay, yeah, you know what, if we uh, if we saw Matt on the line, he'd probably point out that even if the war on drugs were ended tomorrow, they there would still be redneck cops out there, and they'd still have an eye out for, for black people, and they'd probably still figure out something to arrest them for. But darn it, it'd probably be a little bit more difficult without the war on drugs, don't you think? I mean, if there's no war on drugs around, then it's a little bit more I don't know, it's a little bit harder to 
plant evidence and that's right. Sort of I mean, it's it's not easy to uh, frame somebody up for a murder. It's pretty easy to frame them up for possession of marijuana, especially right. if you happen to have marijuana in your pocket and you plant it on them. Yeah, all you have to do is, I mean, look at arrest rates since we started this war. Arrests, uh, people in the prison, has, the prison population has doubled since 1985. And if you look at that, it's all drug-related crimes. So It's true. I know Julia, um, had she, she went to the police department here in Keene, New Hampshire, just out of curiosity, to acquire the records, the arrest records for the month of March, just to see, you know, what percentage of the arrests in this given area are drug-related, are nonviolent arrests, and roughly about a third, roughly about 33%, not, not all drugs, I mean nonviolent crimes, about a third of them were nonviolent. And so just just legalizing a lot of so-called nonviolent crime would go a long way to restoring, first of all, respect to the the world of policing. And secondly, um, allowing those cops to focus on the real criminals. I think that most cops would like to spend time going after, um, you know, the people that do violent, terrible things to their fellow man. I hope you're right about that. You know, it's hard to get some of them to uh, to cop to it. It's hard to get some of them to to point that out, because usually they'll just say, well, I'm just doing my job. I'm just enforcing the law. It's my job to enforce the law, and that's what I do. Well, I think they would have a difficult time, um, you know, having a job as a police officer if they didn't enforce the drug laws. Now, you said about a third of of all the arrests here were for drug-related causes. No, we're for nonviolent issues. For nonviolent issues? Okay, well, it should be uh, also looked at that a lot of the violent crimes and burglaries and such are happening because of the war on drugs. I know... Ooh, good point. I know for a fact uh, there's this one... Uh, set of kids in Keene, they call themselves a gang, but they're all hopped up on drugs and they, they're they addicted to drugs and they go around robbing cars, jumping kids, all so that they can pay these inflated, inflated prices. If it was the same pack for some heroin as a pack of cigarettes, we wouldn't see as many burglaries and violent crimes against people's property. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And as I recall, there were a number of thefts. I mean, one of the heaviest categories was, was thefts uh, on the arrest. So that would probably go down dramatically. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So one of the other groups that uh, that Matt had pointed out the police were targeting were Hispanics, and apparently it's not just the police that are targeting Hispanics. As we'll find out, the Ku Klux Klan is apparently making a comeback in America, according to ABC News. But first, the story about the protests across the country today from the AP: demonstrators demanding a path to citizenship for an estimated 12 million illegal immigrants hope that nationwide marches on Tuesday will spur Congress to act before the looming presidential primaries take over the political landscape. Marches, meetings, and voter registration drives are planned from California to New York a year after a million flex their economic muscle in a nationwide boycott during last year's May 1st activities. So, did we decide that was a, a successful boycott that they? From a year ago? Yeah. I don't... Did we decide it? I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I just... I, I participated in one. There I, were a lot of people in the streets, and uh, they got attention, as far as I'm concerned. If you get attention for your protest, it's a success. Okay. Uh, they're saying that this year's turnout probably going to be a little bit lower, but organized th- say immigrants feel a sense of urgency to keep immigration reform from getting pushed to the back burner by the 2008 presidential elections. So one of the organizers said, if we don't act, then both the Democratic and Republican parties can go back to their comfort zones and do nothing. They won't have the courage to resolve a major situation for millions of people. Now, I understand, I understand where these 
folks are coming from in that they want to be legitimate. They want to have some sort of a, a path to citizenship, as they call it. Well, you know, but, it, it, what they currently have is, um, you know, they they really don't have much choice between uh, – Mexico and here and being an illegal here, they see they see their lives as you know I'm, I'm starving to death in Mexico you know my life stinks there I can go to America and I can make a, at least a better living working under the table. Um, then they get here and they get hired by some company for three dollars an hour um, or something like that and then they essentially they're an indentured servant of that company they can't do anything to get away because if they go if they say well I'm going to leave ABC Fruit Company and go to uh, XYZ Fruit Company. And you know, unless I get a raise because XYZ's offering me three dollars and fifteen cents an hour, well, then ABC's going to say, "Well, you're going back to Mexico, son. We're going to call ICE on you." It's just, it's just, I just, I understand where they're coming from. It's just sad hearing people say, "We want to fill out government paperwork." <laughs> I mean, they're so backed up at the immigration departments, uh, and there's fees, and there's paperwork, and it's hell. You don't really want that, but it's better than, I guess, being. A slave. More on the way, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the SACL CAI toll-free line at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You like the site? You like the show? Well, then you should help support us on a voluntary basis by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Head over there and get uh, get details on the program. It's very simple. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is that if you like Free Talk Live, you want to help us get on more radio stations around the country, you want more people listening to the message of freedom and liberty, then just pony up three bucks a month. That's all we're asking for, and you can do it easily via credit card, PayPal, or other options at amp.freetalklive.com. Yeah, you get some perks, too, like access to the amplifier-only call-in line, the amplifier-only forums and chat rooms, and it's all the details there for you. amp.freetalklive.com. So there were a number of immigration-related protests today, and hours before the march, according to the AP, was set to begin in Chicago, dozens of demonstrators began arriving carrying cards, signs, and placards, including one that read, quote, we may not have it all together, but together we can have it all, unquote. City organizers had to scramble to get the word out after police on Monday moved the site of the downtown rally from wherever to wherever the original place was expected to be too small. In southwest Detroit, hundreds of people wore red and white and carried American flags to a rally. Quote, most of the undocumented people come here as a necessity of survival, said Rosendo Delgado of Latinos United, one of the groups organizing the march. Uh, she said, or he said, rather, for them, it's the only choice. Democratic Party Chair Howard Dean was scheduled to speak in Miami when there's some more people who were supposed to be there. In New York, groups planned an American family tree rally where immigrants would pin paper leaves on a large painting of a tree to symbolize the separation of families because of strict immigration laws. The event's a response to a White House immigration reform proposal. According to one of the spokespeople, that plan would grant illegal immigrants a uh, three-year work visa for $3,500 but also require them to return home to apply for U.S. residency and pay a $10,000 fine. So this is one of the uh, the concepts that's on the table. This is what you get when you turn to government to legalize immigration. And, and really, they just want a bunch of money they, by the looks of it. That's what it is. They want money, and then there's there was this really disturbing story that I think that you brought in a, a couple months ago, Mark, about what was essentially a, a plan for slavery. 
in America. This guest worker program turned out to be basically government-endorsed slavery, uh, which is really spooky to me. But it's yeah, it's really all Where about you the would cash. have to work for the company that uh, sponsored you to bring you in, and if you uh, right. stopped working for them, you had to go. Exactly. Um, and so here you go, ten thousand dollar fine. Since you're here now, you want to stay here, pay a ten thousand dollar fine, thirty five hundred dollars for a three year work visa. You know, I don't know about you guys, but ten thousand dollars that that's a that's a lot of money. It's definitely for me. a pretty chunk of change. Yeah, right? it's got to be a lot for uh, people that are. You know, working to support a family. I 10, mean, they 000, came over here to get money. Right. I mean, people working to support a family is one thing, but people coming from Mexico right. working to support a family or other impoverished countries around the world working to support a family, you don't have that kind of money. You don't have $3,500 up front. These guys, these guys can't even scrape together $1,500 to pay to a coyote to get them across the border. And I'm pulling that number out. I thought the number was higher, but according to at least one immigrant on Penn and Teller's BS, which happened to be about immigration from last week, mm-hmm. excellent show, highly recommended. But they they actually had some illegal immigrants that they were interviewing about, you know, why they came here, how they got here, that sort of thing. One guy said he paid a coyote fifteen hundred dollars uh, to to come over here. Some of these guys that can't. Th- even... That makes more sense to me because it would just seem like a lot of people could get you um, across the border. Yeah, a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, people out there that want to come here, but how is that going to be good for the economy of the United States? Well, if each immigrant is being bled out for $1,300, or rather $13,000 in this case, how is that going to help the economy? Because that money's going to the hands of government. It's not going into the landlord's hands who's providing them with rent. It's not going into the grocery store's hands who's providing them with food services. It's not going into any but any privateer's hands. It's going into the hands of the government in order to be pissed away on whatever political uh, agenda the bureaucrats might have. Well, I would agree with that, um, that it's not really going to anything great, but... Giving, you know, the government getting money from other people in other countries isn't terrible for our economy Um, because the government pays out that money either in the uh, form of buying crap that's overpriced from Mm -hmm. uh, companies or um, paying bureaucrats who work for it. And then those bureaucrats go out and buy stuff at normal prices. And that sort of speeds up the economy. I mean, that's what the government does with its money. Yeah, well, I think this is actually going to slow down the economy because one of the biggest arguments against uh, illegal immigrants is that they use up too much welfare and too much health care. Well, now they're really going to have to go on welfare if you're charging them almost $15,000 to stay here for right. three years. That's how a down payment on a house. Exactly. How are they going to be able to pay rent? Uh, I guess I have to turn to the government. After all, I did give them my blood money. Mm. It's, it's not a good thing. Two large demonstrations are planned in Los Angeles County, home to an estimated one million illegal immigrants. Some groups in the area have called for an economic boycott and hoped for a repeat of last year when thousands of immigrants and students stayed away from work and school in a sign of solidarity. Other groups have rejected the boycott, arguing it puts immigrants' livelihoods at risk and deprives children of valuable classroom time. You know, when you think about all the, the good reasons that immigrants should be here, um, you know, those don't really uh, sway the people that are anti-illegal um, immigrant, but you mean those protests? No, no, the the, the people people out there in Radio Land that might be anti-illegal immigrant. Oh, okay. immigrant. Um, it doesn't, you know, all like the they're good, good for reasons, the economy. And right, all they the, are good for the economy. Right. A, you know, everybody wants to have a good economy, right? They want to hear, they want to listen to the radio and hear good news about the economy. And they're better for the economy if they can keep their thirteen thousand dollars. I would, I would agree with that. Toby yeah. made a good point there, but um, we've had. 
small, slow, and sporadic, not sporadic necessarily, it's sort of spread out growth in our economy. Not every um, economic uh, indicator is saying we're growing and we're doing well. Some well, are I've saying, got a story about that. Some are yeah. saying um, we're not doing so well, and others are saying we are doing well. Um, a lot of the ones that are saying that uh, we're doing well are coming from the government. Well, that's where they come from generally. Yeah. But the, even with those, most of the numbers are relatively small. And if you, I would say that you could put the economic growth that we've seen in this country over the last few years squarely on the backs of the illegal immigrants. Um, you can say, a factor. If, well, if, if it wasn't for them, then the economy would either be stagnant or shrinking. Perhaps. Certainly with the, uh, the load of taxation and the size of government that is being imposed on business owners, I mean, yeah, the, the illegal immigrants certainly going to be a huge factor, but also the relative, the relative freedom that we have to do business in America is also a factor as well. well the uh, the uh, birth rate in the United States is going down, meaning uh, the working class is getting older and retiring, leaving less of a, a new class to fill its place since mm-hmm. people aren't having as many kids. And in economies like this, it's happening over in Europe and other parts of the world, if you don't have in- immigrants, the economy can't do well. It certainly, it certainly is a boon to the economy. And if we shut them out entirely, if this police state is... Uh, well, is how are we going to do that? That's really the question. How are you going to keep out illegal immigrants? You could, you could do it. You, um, could, you could do it by, uh, by, t- by completing the totalitarian police state to where the illegal immigrants would say to themselves, you know what? It really isn't so bad here in Mexico. Yeah. I don't think I want to go to the land of the free and be subject to, uh, um, you know, a no-knock ICE raids on uh, houses. And, it's going to uh, break your family apart. That's going to re- um, result in you being thrown into a, an American prison mm-hmm. uh, with no chance of getting out. I mean, or in a gulag, which they want to. Some people want to build. Get caught by random into. road stops. Right. But it's going to take a while to get to that point, and I certainly don't want it to get to that point. That's scary. I don't want to live in a police state. I want immigrants to come here, and I want them to make a better life for themselves. And I, it gets, I get so sick and tired of hearing the, uh, the scare tactics. I woke up to a, the morning radio show here in, in Keene, New Hampshire this morning, and there's this loudmouth jackball in, on Boston radio named Howie Carr. Uh, he's just one of the worst talk hosts I've ever heard, personally. But he and the other guy were talking about... Uh, Oh, there's these immigrants, and they're getting into car accidents, and they're murdering people. And, you know, they they highlight the incidences of immigrants coming here and doing bad things with the intention of painting all immigrants with the same broad brush. Well, poor people seem to be more likely to commit crimes than uh, rich people, or at least uh, violent crimes that are the sort that you get thrown in jail for. Rich Mm -hmm. people have a tendency to get away with their embezzlements and that kind of thing. Um you know, the, the Enron stuff, only, what, a couple guys went to jail for that? So, you know, when you bring poor people in, especially, you know, very poor people like these immigrants um, are, then some of them are going to commit crimes. You know, that's just the way that goes. They're really easy to go after, too, because they don't have the money for a legal defense. Mm. That's true. It's just the idea of just, you know, this painting of them with this broad brush that suggests that all immigrants are this way. That, uh, well, the fact that we have immigration to this country is meaning that people are dying in DUI accidents and people are getting murdered. That's not fair. I mean, that's as, that's as intellectually honest as suggesting that, you know, all black people are bad because some black people get caught committing crimes. It's the same sort of mentality. It's just being directed against immigration uh, or immigrants now. And it's despicable. And, in fact, you've pointed out before, Mark, that a lot of this really goes back to bigotry. A lot of it goes back to racism. And in fact, 
the Ku Klux Klan is apparently making a comeback in the United States, and guess who they're targeting? Hour 2 is coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. That, once again, freetalklive.com. Still to come, uh, the story about the Ku Klux Klan apparently on the way back into some level of popularity. I doubt it's very much, but nonetheless, they're making news at this point. We'll give you that information. Uh, but first to the email box. This one from Daniel. And it has to do with a caller we had a couple weeks back named Don. You may remember Don. We had him on actually for about a, an hour's worth of the show. He was that good of a caller. Uh, he was calling in for Miami, one of those you know former war veterans who got very upset at the suggestion that the United States government and this sort of ties into that whole nationalist fervor we talked about in hour number one, he got very upset at the suggestion that the United States government wasn't indeed fighting for freedom in the cases of, say, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, World War II. It's fighting for political purposes. Um, You know, Hitler was a bad guy, no doubt about that. Uh, But there's lots of bad guys, and, um, you know, they're bent on uh, taking over their neighbors and and that kind of thing, and... You know, I don't know that uh, we necessarily ha- should be involved in all the wars, especially when it comes to European wars. We had had a long history of getting messed up with those people over there and their nonsense. Which is not how it is supposed to be. Uh, by the at least the founding uh, fathers' terms, um, we weren't we, meaning the United States, weren't supposed to get involved in international conflicts. We're supposed to keep to ourselves, trade with the rest of the world, but not go out and start violence and kill people. Mm-hmm. Defense is another story. Defending the country, that's okay, obviously. Uh, defending your own property, no problem with that. Last time we uh, defended the United States. Now, Pearl Harbor, that's where it uh, it kind of gets into a gray area. But I would say that uh, you know, at that point, um, there were definitely saber rattling going on. Was not a state, and mm. you know, we had sort of gone in there and taken over. It was a uh, more of a military base. It's the uh, the equivalent of if somebody attacked our base in uh, Okinawa, Japan. Now. You know, it, not the not the same thing as uh, you know United States soil. The last time United States soil was attacked um, during a war was uh, you know the Mexican American War. It's been a while. Daniel emailed in an interesting look into the psychology of people like Don. It's called the emotional nature of true courage. He says, in the wake of Don from March 24th show, I thought I would point you to some interesting psychological studies that illustrate the reason behind the behavior of Don and others like him. Don claimed to have fought in the Korean War. And he watched a number of his buddies die. And he was espousing the usual propaganda that he fought and killed and bled in Korea to protect our freedom. And that his dad fought and killed in World War II to protect our freedom. And probably his sons and grandsons have fought and killed and died in subsequent wars. It was an experiment in cognitive dissonance conducted in 1959 by Leon Festinger and James Carlsmith of Stanford University. It's well known in advertising, I guess, though I haven't heard this particular experiment read on the air before, so I wanted to make sure you knew about it. Basically, participants were paid to lie and claim that a boring task was actually fun. 
the participants who were paid less actually came to believe that the task was truly fun and that they were not lying. Another version of the experiment that I heard about uh, was the participants were subjected to some painful process, like electrical shocks. Afterwards, the participants were interviewed about why they decided to join the experiment. The participants who received the harsher, more painful shocks universally claimed lofty reasons like the advancement of science, whereas those who received the trivial shocks universally claimed lesser reasons like I was bored. (laughs) These experiments show that the more emotional energy that someone has invested into something with little to show for it, the more likely that that person is going to just make up a reason why he invested in the first place. There's also the true believer syndrome, which is the belief in a lie even after the liar admits to the lie and demonstrates its falseness. Let's apply this to soldiering. As Sherman put it best, war is hell. Imagine going through such hell, watching your friends get killed, killing some strangers who are just normal people like you. Seeing the crushing poverty that you're creating by being there, the civilians bleeding to death, dying in the streets from disease and starvation, women and children fleeing their homes in mass with nowhere to go, the sickness, the nausea, the pitless, uh, the pitiless pain, as it is and is as is now. Back then, mental health and psychological services provided to veterans were questionable at best. You come home and everyone worships you as a hero. And then one day, while listening to a radio show on a Saturday night, you're told that what you went through, what your father went through, and what your buddies went through, and what your children may have gone through, all of that was pointless. Worse than pointless. In vain. Yeah. It destroyed the very thing you went over there to defend. We are less free after the Korean War, World War II, World War I, the Civil War, and the Iraq War. Certainly no doubt about that. We have less safety and less security after all of these wars. We have less prosperity after these wars, and the world is less stable. Communism and socialism is on the rise because of those wars. Robbing a population in order to protect it and calling that heroic, calling that virtuous, requires the kind of broken mind that only 12 years of government school can create. You killed strangers because someone else told you to. You're essentially a hitman in MARPAT. I don't know what MARPAT is. M-A-R-P-A-T? Your parents lied to you. Can you Wikipedia that? Working on it. Your teachers and friends and community lied to you, and most soul-destroying of all, to cover up your actions, you lied to your children. Cognitive dissonance sets in, just like for the participants of the experiments. It's so easy to claim that the reason you did what you did was in service of your country and to protect freedom, etc., The typical reaction of someone when confronted with this dissonance is hostility, which is just what we heard from the caller, Don. Marpet is uh, the new version of camo gear, apparently. Camo gear? Yeah, it's short for Marine Disruptive Pattern. It's a pixelated camouflage pattern used by the United States Marine Corps. The emotional fortitude needed to confront that is significant, to say the least. I dare say that most people don't have that kind of courage. To introspect and realize that you did evil in the name of good... That if you live to be 200 years old, that you'll never likely be, uh, to be able to undo the suffering you caused. That your family will probably reject you if you speak out against your actions. If you can do that, you have true courage. It takes only a weak person to fold to the peer pressure and go off to fight in a war. But it takes a giant among men to stand up against it and just say no. So if you know anyone like that, celebrate him as the true hero of our society. 
those who resisted the draft, those who uh, refused to go off and fight needless wars of aggression around the world. Those He's saying those were the true heroes, not the ones that came back and lied to themselves about what they did. Well, I think that you could have gone um, to war for the right reasons. You'd have just been misinformed or um, you know, not entirely right, informed. Right, but if you, are, if you do come across the information, mm-hmm. if you do come across the truth, if you do realize once you're over there, and then you keep covering it up in your mind, and you keep telling yourself the same lies over mm-hmm. and over again... That's not very heroic. Well, I don't think that it's active covering it up. I think it's subconscious if they are covering it up. I know a lot of psychological studies have looked into pe- oh, completely. People's, people's schema. And if something doesn't fit into your schema, you automatically reject, reject it, it without thinking about what it actually is. So it's not that these people... It's not comfortable to think about. Exactly. And you, your brain doesn't process things that way. If, you don't, if something doesn't fit into your schema the way that you think the world runs, you're going to reject it automatically. And that's why the, the, this message of liberty and freedom, I think, takes so long for people to realize because they physically they have to their brain has to change chemistry and change their scheme, mm. schema how they see the world it's interesting i yeah i agree i mean that's that's sort of what he's suggesting this is all psychological right. that, that they're they're rejecting the the concepts right up front because they realize somewhere in their mind they realize that if they accept the truth about what they did and internalize that that's going to cause some hurt that's going to cause well, some some internal um Angst. I don't know if they even recognize it as truth, and and uh, what Toby's saying is they don't necessarily. They just reject it. Um, mm. That doesn't fit into my version of truth, the world that I see as truth, and so therefore it isn't truth. So they don't, you know, they don't spend any time thinking about it at all. You're just wrong. Daniel finally says, also, this could apply to early movers of the Free State Project. The amount of effort, money, and emotional energy needed to move across the country is not trivial, so we must be vigilant that we don't also fall into this category of cognitive uh, cognitive dissonance and hostility. said, just thought this might be helpful, and I thought it was. 800-259-9231. Psychology is very interesting. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, some people that really need some psychological help, racist sickos. The Ku Klux Klan. Apparently, hate groups are on the rise in America. We'll talk about it. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Mark. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm reading this uh, medical, the state um, house in uh, Minnesota has uh, passed mar- medical marijuana. Fantastic. Yeah. That's good news. Uh, I guess it still has to go to the Senate and be signed and all that, but uh, we'll keep our eyes on that as it develops. By the way, the packet or the uh, SACL CAI toll-free line is 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where we have a bulletin board system, over 210,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, and it's all for free. There are serious issues being discussed, fun stuff as well. You'll find it all, bbs.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, and they record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's one 800 5 Four four six three five nine. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to Mark in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, dude, what's on your mind? Uh, I was just, uh, I'm in, um, I don't know, out and about, and uh, yeah, at the local level here in Indianapolis, and you know, all over, even on the national level, commercials. I just get really sick and tired of this 
concept with all these businesses selling to the public of doing their job for like the uh, the greater mankind or their social responsibility and all this stuff. And I, all these people just go along with it. I I can't stand it. I'm like, no, you've got one goal, and that's to profit. And all these people don't think they. You know, going out these concepts, they think they have all these certain rights at work and everything. Are you talking about like? Um, com- are you talking about companies that you know say, "Oh, we're we're a green company," you know, "we're conserving energy," that sort of thing? Yeah, that they just um they do a, you know reinvesting in the community and social justice, all this stuff. It's like, oh my goodness. But wait, but now there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, these companies. I mean, for instance, I was in uh, you know Target and Walmart. For instance, they've got. Uh, right at their entrance of their stores, examples of how they've essentially taken some of their profits and indeed reinvested them in the community and given them to charitable organizations. I mean, are, are you just really jaded and cynical about that? Well, I, I just, I just, um, how people see this, and they come and go saying it like, well, they have to do this. It's, uh, it's because, you know, well, because of the green whole concept, it's because it's global warming, you know, and all that. and. Uh, and then they start thinking, you know, the government needs to start mandating these things. I'm like, no, any business has only one goal. Whatever else they do is their option, but people start seeing it as things that these businesses need to do. Therefore, if they need to do them, then the government needs to step in and ensure that they do them. Well, certainly, I, you know I, what I mean? yeah, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if anyone's ever, uh, I've never heard anyone say that, well, this is a good idea what these companies are doing, so let's mandate it. Uh, I, you haven't been to many college campuses. Oh. I guess that would explain it then. <laughs> Mark, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Is that what people are saying? Oh, my. It's amazing how You much... don't give enough is what they're saying? Exactly. Well, it, there's this total concept of if if it works for some green companies, it must work for all of them. So we should pass it as law so that everyone has to abide by this. Because, look, it's working so well for these three companies. I see. You're talking about the environmental aspects. I think he was talking about just on a wider scale of, of companies, not just from the green aspect, but also companies saying, hey, we donated you know, $2,000 to so-and-so's educational fund. Well, that's or great. That's awesome. I, I want to see more of that right. kind of stuff. But. Yeah, he sounded a little cynical about it, and yeah. I agree. It's great. I think, uh, And yes, it's done, first of all, I mean, it's done first and foremost to make the company look good. For sure. I mean, you want the people in your area to think, yeah, Walmart, Target, they're good companies. Look, they've given money to so-and-so organizations here locally. And as a result of you thinking that, you'd be more likely to think of them when you want to go shopping and buy some stuff there. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, you know, when, you, when you're talking about uh, publicly owned corporations, obviously what their uh, main concern is is the bottom line. They don't have uh, you know, the, the visionary aspect of it. The guy who owns it and steers the ship isn't really there. It's owned by uh, stockholders, and stockholders want to see, uh, you know, Quarterly earnings, mm-hmm. but um, those companies were all. Uh, t- t- each one of them was started at one point by somebody who had a vision, and I don't think there's anything wrong. Like for instance, I'm working at a company right now. I work for you know Free Talk Live. The, Free Talk uh, Live is I don't know. Do we do we qualify? We're not a corporation. Does that mean we're, we're not, not a, a corporation? You, you, both of you and I are sole proprietors of different little companies okay. that we have. Okay. So I'm working for the Free Talk Live company that I have, and then right. you work for the one that you have, and we hope that together that we make um, money so that we can continue to, and therefore get on more radio stations so that we can spread the word um, farther and farther that we believe in so much. Um, I, I think that, yeah, all companies are uh, should be started with the idea of helping people, and then they'll get what they want in the beginning. Now, the big companies, I would say that their concern is... Uh, 
bottom line, but they still have to provide people with what they want in order to get to the bottom line. Right. So and I don't, I, I don't have a jaded uh, view of uh, business. I, 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 I hear what he's saying, and obviously, if it was a uh, bad PR to give money to a uh, you know crippled kids fund, then companies wouldn't do it. It mm. is good PR, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right, and and also they're taking their profits, and that's what they're doing with some of their profits. Some of the profits they're taking, they're putting in a bank account for reinvesting, for opening new stores, for uh, for whatever they might need in the future. And uh, and then some of those profits are taking off, and they're saying, okay, well, we've got enough profit here. We're going to give some of these profits to you know crippled kids. We're going to give these profits to education funds, etc., and and make us look good. And that's okay. It's completely self interested, but. On the same, in the same vein, it's also people that really do want to help others. And as you pointed out, Mark, I think, and I think it 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 deems repeating, is that businesses aren't successful unless they're helping people get what they want. Either that, or they've got a sweet, sweet government contract. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you've got to help people get what they want before you can get what you want. And I got to tell you, I'll tell, I'll say it again and again. That is, to me, one of the secrets of life. I don't think a lot of people really understand that. You don't get taught that in government school. You know, you get taught on how to be a good worker, maybe, and I don't even know if they teach that very effectively. Well, a lot of what they're teaching in government school, I'm a recent out of it. Uh, I've been out for five years now. But what I was taught a lot about, and I've really hashed over in college a lot, is if you're making money, you're not necessarily a good person because there's this real sentiment in the college atmosphere, especially, that you're greedy if you're making money if you get it like there's teacher i have teachers that really think that if you have a get a dollar from someone someone else had to lose a dollar for that they don't understand mm. the creation of new wealth correct this is typical of academics uh they live in this little bubble of academia and they don't really sort of get out of it and understand the world because things don't work the way th- the world normally does in the world of academia and this is typical of them there's sort of this us versus them mentality uh like we're better than you because we're academics that sort of thing and it's just completely false and you're right they don't get it they think that the wealth pie is finite they think that the wealth that exists is what exists and it must be divvied up by some brilliant central planner right and god knows that profits aren't the proper way to divvy up wealth they don't understand that when you buy that hamburger for a dollar you're not losing the dollar. You're gaining the hamburger exactly. in return. And you wouldn't have bought that hamburger if you didn't think it was was uh, if you didn't think it was worth the dollar. So uh, Burger King or McDonald's thought that dollar is worth more than this hamburger. You so, you thought to yourself that hamburger is worth more than a dollar. And so two individuals, or in this case an individual and a company, decided to interact on a voluntary basis, and both are better off as a result of it. People should be free to make those choices. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. But if the central planners have their way, then you don't get to make choices. You don't have freedom because they know what's best. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is 
Free Talk Live, your show. You bring what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Archives included. Right there on the front page of the website, an entire year's worth of the show waiting for you. Just go and get them. They're free. Freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones and to the fun, it's Lance in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lance. Hey, hey Mark. Hey, hey, um, Toby's here, too. What's said, on your mind? Oh, Toby, hey. I remember yesterday, after I started listening to the show again, you said it was kind of unfair to like look at history and stuff like that. So I'd actually, I was thinking of a free market war that happened, and actually the First and Second Punic Wars we're pretty much like a free market war, so I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Boy, I don't are we know a, what that is. Am I out of my... Uh, it, it has something to do with Roman history, um, but beyond that, I just don't know. Well, yeah, well, um, let me see, how do I explain this? Like, the Phoenicians, which were the Carthaginians, which were like the most powerful trading power in all of the Mediterranean during that time, they started getting their, their ships sacked by Roman soldiers. So mm-hmm. then the entire Phoenician army hired all these mercenaries to help fight them off, and in the end, they lost. So, I mean, I was just throwing that out there just so there's something that, you know, people can look at and think about and stuff like that. So you're so saying how that... Do, how does it fit in um, to so, what we were so talking we about? we were talking about a free market defense, and all of the free... And the Phoenician culture was, like, almost entirely free market. Like, the, uh, the culture, everything. Free but their mercenaries just like, couldn't... The mercenaries just couldn't hack it against the Roman army. Yeah, 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 that, that was it. And I'm just saying that that's something that maybe people can look at and think about when they're thinking about like a free market society. And so stuff you're like someone that. who you're su- you are someone who supports the uh, Marx side of things, and that is having a government around to defend uh, su- supposedly against other governments. No, I, I think really the only reason the Romans won was because they had much better discipline, and the Phoenicians and stuff like that, their soldiers didn't have nearly as much discipline. Hmm. So I mean, I'm just throwing out. I mean, that's my own personal take on it. Not okay. that the free market would lose or whatever. I'm just saying that without that type of of disciplinary unity, which is that's the only reason anybody wins right. any war ever. I just, Very good. I'm just throwing that out there. And Thank you, Lance. So, Appreciate the call. Time, Thank you. 800-259-9231. He's commenting on a, a fairly extended uh, topic that we had on the show last night. Gardner Goldsmith on uh, joining us. And uh, we were talking about the idea of free market defense and how it would work uh, and how it would could possibly be much more effective than the government defense that we currently have today. And I thought it was uh, a very interesting exercise in uh, in thoughts. Well, you know, um, he he does point out the uh, the sort of morale issue, and I would think that um, you know mercenaries would probably not have the same level of morale as um, soldiers of a you know great power, um, soldiers that really rally behind um, you know some issue or another. Remember the Alamo, remember the Hood, um, you know, remember nine eleven, that kind of thing. I don't know. I just know. I still don't really think it's fair to compare, you know, whatever the hell, however long ago that was, to today and the, you know, the widespread it's, ownership of firearms here in America and the the uh, the willingness of the American population to defend itself against an invading force and how you want to talk about morale. I'm pretty sure the American people would rally together fairly effectively to fight off an invading force of from whatever country. I think it's almost comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, to that's what at, I said last night. Yeah, yeah. To, look at, to look at something that happened, what, like 2,000 years ago compared to today? That's just, not to say that history doesn't have important lessons to be learned. 
But to say that, well, because it worked this way, and Lance wasn't saying that at all. He was right. just giving an example. Exactly. But to say that because it worked this way back then, it will work the same way today, mm, no. Different factors completely. All right, so uh, coming up here, still the story about the Ku Klux Klan. But first, I mentioned that, or you were talking about, uh, last hour, Mark, the, the different milestones that uh, are being thrown up uh, by governments and and other organizations to say, country's doing great, the economy's doing great, look at these numbers, look at these numbers, the economy's doing lousy, look at these numbers, and you know, there's competing numbers out there. Mm-hmm. And one of those numbers is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which just peaked at uh, 13,000, which was you know, being celebrated as a big milestone earlier this week. And I'm no invest. I'm not an investor in the stock market or anything like that. I don't claim to be an expert, but apparently Peter Schiff from Kitco, which is a gold dealership, right? I, might know I, I, I use their, uh, um, you know, their their quotes on uh, gold and silver. He might just know a thing or two about this whole Dow Jones thing. Mm-hmm. He points out that as the Dow burst through the 13,000 milestone this week, few understood the hollowness of the achievement. Measured against the rising dollar-denominated prices of just about everything on the planet, the Dow has actually lost value over the past seven years. So if you compare it to the uh, costs of, say, bread or gasoline or, sure. or homes or something like that, then it's not doing so well? Measured against the truest benchmark, the price of gold, the record high for the Dow was set back in January of 2000 when its price equaled approximately 43 ounces of gold. Today, it's only worth 19 ounces of gold. Wow. Now, to better appreciate just how much of stock gains can be attributed to inflation, consider that the record high Man, for the Dow... I should have listened to uh, the, the talk radio hosts that were, were all talking, all the gold people were talking about, buy gold back in 2000, and I just mm. didn't do it. Well, I'm doing it now. It's, it's never too late to buy uh, precious metals, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, consider that at least as long as, the printing, as long as the government has the printing press, it's never too late. But... So he mentioned that today, the Dow Jones, even at its record high of 13,000, is worth 19 ounces of gold. Compare that to the record high for the Dow in 1929. Back then it was 380. Guess how much, how many ounces of gold it was worth then? I, uh, I don't know. 19. 19. So 13,000 today is worth 19 ounces of gold. Mm-hmm. In 1929, 380 was also worth 19, 19 ounces, ounces of gold. gold. So even though it's gone up from 380 to 13,000, it actually hasn't increased in value. So um, what they're what they're saying is is that gold has been a great way to hold your wealth since true. 1900. If you're looking at it, it's it doesn't. And you've been losing money in the stock market. You know, like they said, there was a time when the stock market was worth. 44 ounces of gold. Right. So you weren't losing then. The trick is to be to know where to be when the time is to be. But you, you can't know. know. Right. There's no way to know. Um. I. You know. There's a few little rules out there. Is wherever everybody says to be, that's where be you don't want to be. Yeah. Be someplace <laughs> else. Because you know, if you're following the uh, the herd, you're eating nothing but dust. So despite all the hoopla and a 30-fold increase in stock prices, the Dow has actually gained no real value during the past. 80 years. The entire rise from 360 to 13,000 has been an illusion made possible by the magic of inflation. And that's really what this story is about. It's not so much about the Dow. Um, it's about inflation. And it's such an important concept for people to understand. I know it's money. Sounds a little on the boring side. But trust me. Stick with me on this. This is critical. So inflation, uh, which is where the government gets to print money. 
So much for the concept of stocks being a can't-lose long-term investment, unless you feel that 80 years isn't quite long enough of a time horizon. Now, that's not to imply the Dow hasn't generated returns all those years. It has. However, those returns have been a function of dividends and not appreciation. But it's well, I, I disagree with that. Now, if, um, say, stocks are worth, uh, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is worth the same as it was in 1919. Mm-hmm. Say, instead, you had taken your um, $10,000 in 1919 and put it in a savings account. Chances are good that you would have a lot less oh, ounces sure. of gold. So it has a well-invested stock portfolio is always going to do better than a savings account. Right. So it's, um, you know, this is a guy savings account. You're behind the ball of inflation. This one, you're not quite as behind the ball. I don't think that one can make. Um, there's all kinds of investments out there, and I don't think one can make the statement that um, you know gold is the only good investment, and stocks stink, and houses stink, um, you know commodities stink. Who all made that statement? That's what he's saying. That's, that's not what he's saying. He's just comparing numbers and pointing out how inflation is the factor here, and not a growth, uh, you know, of the of the stock market. It's false. The numbers are misleading. He's just saying, you know, just because the newspaper headlines are cheering and yelling for thirteen thousand doesn't really mean well, anything. Well, if he compared gold to inflation, um, then what we would see is an ounce of gold buys the same amount of bre- um, loaves of bread as it did right. in 1919. Gold isn't a good investment on its own. It's just a protection against inflation. It's a against inflation. I think that, that, that's correct. Right. I just, you know, it sounds very one-sided, and um, I think it's a great time to buy gold. I'm buying This it. is a one-sided article against inflation. That's what it's about. We'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Inflation is a really critical concept to understand. They don't teach you about it in schools. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like the show, you want to help support us, then go and buy some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. Any purchase that starts at that link... Free Talk Live gets a percentage of Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Forty categories to shop from. You know them. They're trustworthy. The world's largest internet retailer. Great company. Huge selection of products. Free Super Saver shipping deals on many of their items. And now offering groceries even. So Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Great way to support Free Talk Live. We're talking money. We're talking about the Dow Jones Industrial Average 13 thousand is where it peaked at um i think it was yeah it was this week or rather last week yeah i think it's backed off a little bit from there and uh, you know a lot of people were yeah yeah, this is great america's doing awesome look at the dow it's at thirteen thousand now look i'm not an investment advisor i'm not a money man but i do understand what inflation is and peter schiff from the markettraders.com on kitco is pointing out that the Dow Jones 13,000 number is really a hollow number because it it's just more of an example of how inflation has been acting uh, on the economy than anything else. The It may be a record high for the Dow, but it doesn't actually have value. It's hollow in that, for instance, in 1929, the Dow's peak of 380 back then equaled 19 ounces of gold. Today, 13,000 
also equals 19 ounces of gold. It is just a little over 13,000 right now. Um, I guess my, you know, my uh, stocks haven't been performing quite as well as the Dow apparently in the last couple of days. Right. Now, not to say that money can't be, this isn't a, a strike against the stock market. It's not to say you can't make money in this. This is just talking about inflation and how powerful it is and how easily misled people can be by big numbers. That's what this story is about. Now, it's not to imply that the Dow has not generated returns during those years. It has. However, those returns have been a, f- a function of dividends and not appreciation. But it's not yields that Wall Street celebrates its prices. By dazzling investors with higher prices, they distract their attention from the unpleasant reality that they're actually just treading water. What difference does it make if you have more dollars if the dollars themselves have less purchasing power? Despite its recent eclipse of 13,000, the Dow now buys 30% fewer euros than it did back in 20 or in 2000 when it was priced at approximately 11,500. It also buys 35% fewer gallons of milk, 40% fewer bushels of corn or wheat, 65% fewer ounces of silver, 70% fewer barrels of oil, 80% fewer pounds of copper and 90% fewer pounds of uranium. Try figuring what the Dow will buy in terms of other necessities, such as housing, insurance, college tuition, or hospitalization. Any way you measure it, the Dow is worth far less today than it was in January of 2000. Back in 1980, one Zimbabwe dollar was worth more than one U.S. dollar. Therefore, a billionaire in Zimbabwe was also a billionaire in America. Mm -hmm. Today, almost everyone in Zimbabwe is a billionaire. (laughs) Yet few of them can afford a pack of chewing gum. Do you think that anyone invested in the Zimbabwean stock market these past 30 years cares how many record highs that their markets made? Right. Well, I mean, those, you know, those are some hollow highs, like he said. Many might feel that a comparison of the U.S. to the Zimbabwe is ridiculous. However, fundamentally, there's no real difference between a Zimbabwean dollar and an American dollar. They're both simply pieces of paper, and the value of which depends on the resolve of politicians to not print too many of them. During the difficult economic times that lie ahead, the pressure on the Fed to run its printing presses full throttle will be immense. Think back to the German experience with hyperinflation during the Weimar Republic. At the time of its currency meltdown, Germany was a major economic power. Yet that status didn't prevent its currency from becoming completely worthless. The impetus for Germany's hyperinflation was the fact that its industrial base had been badly damaged during the war. Yet under the terms of the Treaty of Versailles... Uh, it was obligated to pay enormous reparations to the Allies. Right, which just crippled um, the German people and, and their economy. Lacking the ability to export enough goods in order to repay its debts, Germany turned to the printing press instead. Hmm. America's now in a similar predicament. Although our industry was not destroyed by bombs, it's gone just the same. While we might not be bound by a treaty to pay reparations, the trillions of dollars of America's IOUs now owed by fo- owned by foreigners will be just as burdensome an obligation. It's hard to imagine that we can repay these debts without civil unrest, massive inflation, or both. The point to remember is that when it comes to records, it's real purchasing power, not nominal value, that counts. Measured by its purchasing power, the Dow has clearly lost value over the past seven years. Those who have remained invested in Dow stocks during that time period are clearly poorer as a result. Uh, Those who continue to do so will likely lose even more wealth in the years ahead, regardless of how many more nominal record highs that the Dow sets. So here he's he's pointing out that as the government cranks up the printing presses and continues to print out this you know, fiat currency that we all have in our wallets, not only is your money in your wallet becoming worth less and the money in your savings account being wor- becoming worth less, 
but don't be distracted at the same time by all of the big numbers that the you know the people that want you to believe the economy is doing well are promulgating. So what is one to do? Because we look at if you put your money in the bank account, you're screwed because inflation is going is going faster than the interest you're going to make. Mm-hmm. You put your money in gold and silver; it's supposed to just be a hedge against inflation and keep its value. Right. And now, if you invest in the stock market. You're in essentially just keeping its value, too. It seems very difficult to invest and make money if what this article is saying is true. Well, it's difficult to invest and make money when the money you're trying to make is... Going up too fast. It's valueless. Yeah. Well, there's there's something... It's not valueless. It certainly has value. It only value. has value because they haven't printed too much of it. Well, it has it value. It has value because people haven't figured out you the You can scam. buy things in the stock market. You can yes. buy um, gold and silver. You can it's buy It's losing bread. value day by day. Right. How about that? It has value. Um, it's... Um, but you know, but what the, do you do? The idea but. is is to make money, is is to be you know where um, the money's really being made, whatever areas um, or whatever stock is happens to be shooting up at that particular time. I mean, it's, but that's that's speculate that's uh, speculative investing, and that's where you can lose your butt just as easily as you can make a you know a million. You can. Um, I like Harry Brown's approach, which is uh, outlined in his book Fail Safe Investing. He's it's still for sale. He's, he's dead now, but his wife is selling his ebooks on his website at harrybrown.org. Um, it's a very short book, easy to get through, easy to understand. It's not scholarly. It's, it's something someone like me can get and, uh, and wrap my mind around as far as, okay, investing. I can follow this plan. And Harry points out that in his, in his fail-safe investing portfolio, he's got different areas in which he invests his money, including precious metals, including uh, you know, real estate and you know, certain other, other things, the stock market as well. You know, diversified portfolio to where when one is up, he basically points out that when one thing's up, mm-hmm. then another thing is going to be down as, you, as far as your investments are concerned. So you're making money on one of your investments, but you're losing some money on another investment. And the, the idea is that over time, you will make enough, you'll, you'll make more over, over time than you, uh, than you will lose. And he said that in his years of doing this particular investment portfolio, this sort of balanced fail-safe investing, that he made an average, I think it was of about 9 to 10% per year, with the exceptions of a couple of years where there was a, a recession or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, he, you know, that's a pretty good return, 9 to 10% investing safely, where you really can't take a, a huge loss because you're balanced out in your portfolio. But if you actually look at some of the numbers of uh, people and, and what they think the inflation rate is today, the government will tell you it's 2 to 3%. That's so, what I hear on the news all the time. Right. So if you take the government's number and you look at that and you say, oh, great, I'm getting 9%, 10, well, presuming you're doing this investing portfolio, and you're getting 9 to 10% every year, then you, you believe you're doing better than the government. But if you look at other people's numbers, which say uh, the inflation rate is 8 to 10%, then Harry Brown's fail-safe investing just keeps you above water. So... With the way the inflation is going in this country, it's hard without having some amazing speculation, as Mark was suggesting, and just, you know, cashing in, jackpot, you won at the stock market, congratulations, you happen to, you happen to speculate and win, which is just, you know, is less likely than speculating and losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, beyond that, a safe investment portfolio just makes it so whatever you're saving, you get to keep. And it's not eaten away by inflation. Inflation's so bad in this country that you just you it's hard to beat. 
I just wanted to bring up real quickly, I, when I hear these numbers that it's 2 to 3% inflation, it's always followed by that the government says that this is a good amount of inflation. Because <laughs> suppose I, I don't really know too much about inflation. I guess it's better than 30%. But I guess some inflation, you're supposed to have a little bit of inflation. I don't, I, that's, well, that's, that's in this kind told. of economy. <laughs> that's in this government's central banking system. Right. So the people if, Inflation isn't possible without the printing press. Unless you, unless you've suddenly dug up a huge mine of gold or something. No, like that, that wouldn't inflate anything. Yeah, that would inflate if your money was based the on money gold. Supply. If it was based on gold, it would. Would that inflate the money supply? Not necessarily. If if th- that would just mean that um, the money would simply be worth less gold. Right, basically. and that's what happens. It's inflate. That would be inflating the money supply. I guess it's just hard for me They're because the, same thing. the yes. American people are being that's told that it's the gold low inflation supply. and it's good inflation. If it's the money, then that's the money supply. Yeah, but there's other money out there. In the free market, there's competing money. There's silver. There's palladium. There's other things as well, which would keep it in check to an extent. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want as we launch into hour number three. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free. Freetalklive.com. All right, I've been selling it all shows, so uh, we should probably talk about it. The Ku Klux Klan and neo-Nazis now apparently making some sort of a comeback and uh, now attacking Mexican immigrants, as you might imagine. The roiling American border debate, you know, according I to the... Won- I always wonder if these um, Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan, whatever you say it. Um, how hey you, say it's Ku. Ku Klux Klan. Um, whether these are like... Uh, so they have some, uh, you know, PR promotions writer for the Ku Klux Klan that says, um, you know, they, they write something like this whenever there's some kind of racial debate out there, and they write something, and then um, because of their name recognition and their all-around uh, people just in general hate them, is that the reason that uh, newspaper companies print them? Because there's all kinds of, uh, you know, right, white supremacist organizations out there, the Aryan Nation, Aryan Brotherhood, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of nonsense. Um, why, uh, why, why is it always the Ku Klux Klan? That's an excellent question. I don't know. Uh, if you've got an idea on that one, 800-259-9231. Why the Ku Klux Klan? Why not, uh, the Black Panthers or the Aryan Nation or some other hate group? All right. Well, anyway, uh, this is, um, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, ABC News reporting, the American border debate over immigration has received one of the revived, one of the ugliest chapters in American history and become a vital recruiting tool for hate groups, say experts. The number of hate groups from the Ku Klux Klan to neo-Nazis and skinhead groups has risen by 40% since 2000, from 602 groups to 844, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, which tracks those groups. And they've turned their jaundiced eye towards Latin Americans, particularly Mexicans, in the alarming number, in an alarming number of apparent hate crimes. Take David Richardson, 16, a Mexican-American football star born in Houston. He was beaten nearly to death by two skinheads at a teen party. Hmm. They poured bleach on him and beat him mercilessly. 
Richardson was in a coma for days and suffered massive internal injuries, internal bleeding, and a shattered cheekbone. He's now deaf in one ear. Says, quote, I just didn't expect my race to become a situation. He told uh, senior correspondent Richardson testified before a congressional committee last month about the need for stronger hate crime legislation. I don't know if that's going to solve the problem. Quote, I don't think there's any question at all that hate crimes against Hispanics and anyone really perceived to be an immigrant are very much on the rise, said the uh, expert from the law center. The fear is real. An undercover video taken by the BATF obtained exclusively by ABC News shows a Klansman building a pipe bomb. Quote, all you got to do is put the insides in and the powder, Klansman Daniel Schertz can be heard telling an undercover agent. Schertz was later arrested for selling five pipe bombs that agents watched him make. He allegedly told an agent that he hoped the bombs would be used to blow up a bus full of Latinos. He was sentenced to 14 years in prison. So just a few examples of some of the just despicable people that there are out there in this country. And... I think it's it's quite a sickness. Yeah, it's really sad to beat somebody up over their race. I hope that this will have a backlash. I know that if I was... I, I really feel that it might. Because whenever the Ku Klux Klan jumps on board with something and says, it's great to hate Mexicans, well, maybe that'll make some of the people who are on the fence who aren't really sure if it's xenophobic to hate hmm. illegal immigrants go, well... Maybe they'll well. back away? Exactly. Like, whoa, if you guys are on that side, yeah. I don't want to be. So. See, I, I think that that's largely what it is. Most Americans, I, the vast majority of Americans, just can't get on the side of the Ku Klux Klan. Ku Klux Klan. Right. But I mean, when they see that they're on it, maybe hopefully someone will jump off. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And so maybe we should uh, bring that up next time we've got some anti-immigration zealot on the line. Oh, you a member of the Ku Klux Klan? You know, they share your viewpoint. Of course, then again, someone could make that point about us, say that, well, the Ku Klux Klan believes in free speech and so does Free Talk Live. Because we're, you know, while I don't like the Ku Klux Klan, mm-hmm. I despise racism. And I, I think the people involved in those those groups are completely despicable and just bad people at the same time i certainly support their freedom to speak spew their hatred i mean if they want to go and get on 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 the air and spew hatred or go and have a little hate protest that's one thing but to harm another person to bring to harm another person mm. is a, a complete other thing and i don't think that the that the suggestion that hate crime legislation is is a solution is is correct um a crime should be a crime if, if you hurt somebody you should get in trouble for hurting that person. If you murder someone, it should be a murder charge. It shouldn't be murder plus hate. Right. Because, it's essentially a thought crime. Right. Exactly. And it's, you know, somebody's lost their life. That's what the issue is. Somebody's family is without a son or a daughter. Somebody uh, is boyfriend or, or girlfriend or without a significant other, a husband or wife, without their loved one. It doesn't matter if they were white or black mm-hmm. or, or Hispanic or whatever. So the issue isn't when it comes to violence, the issue shouldn't hate shouldn't be a factor. It may be part of the investigation. Say, okay, well, this is why this happened. You know, he he was attacked because of his race, and that's fine. Out these people for for what they really are. You know, let us know that not only was this person murdered or, or harmed, but they were harmed based on their race. I'd like to know that information about the person, but I don't think that that means necessarily they should face extra prison time. Do you agree or disagree? 800-259-9231. How do you feel about so-called hate crime legislation? If you beat someone up or cause them harm, chances are you were hating them at that time at least. So isn't every crime essentially a hate crime? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe so. But um, is greed that much more of a, uh, you know, a a better emotion than hate? I don't think it is. And that's the reason that uh, most 
property crimes at least are committed um crimes mm-hmm. you know robberies and and that kind of thing it's you know greed and wanting something that somebody else owns um i i don't think that any reason you know whatever um emotional um Im- impetus that you have for committing a crime none of them are good it's the crime that's wrong right and i think the hate crime legislation could really be an impetus or a a pandora's box if you will in that okay let's say the government passes this hate crime legislation that makes it so that if if there's some way to show that the assail uh, the uh, the assailant was hating the victim then they get an extra five years in jail well what categories are we going to accept that people can hate others based on Clearly, race is going to be the first one on the table. But what if I hate someone because they wear glasses? What if I hate someone because they're too short or too fat or too skinny uh, or wear the wrong color clothing? Isn't it possible for people to hate based on those factors? Is, is race the only factor that people can hate based on? And if not, and it certainly isn't in my opinion, then what other factors will, again, the Pandora's box reveal? What will people, I mean, will everything just get tagged as a hate crime eventually? I don't know. I mean, it's they're all something bad, you right? Know, some and we'll, bad emotion. And how's that going to make? Um, I mean, if people start getting in trouble for committing hate crimes at the same time they're harming someone else, how's that going to make victims' uh, families feel when they might know in their heart of hearts that so and so was killed because let's say it's a white kid that killed another white kid, you know, so and so was killed because he's a. Uh, because he was, you know, rare, not wearing Tommy Hilfiger jeans or something absurd like that. But let's just say that they know for a fact this person was being hated, but there's just no evidence. You know, he didn't say, I hate you, before shooting him. You know, if there's no actual tangible occurrence of hate, then wouldn't that disappoint the families that were, were hoping to get as tough of a sentence as they possibly could? Oh, sorry, this murderer can't get the maximum sentence because we didn't find any evidence that he hated his victim. Isn't that sort of an insult it, to those families? It, it is. I mean, why should one murderer um, get more time than another based right. on motive? Yeah. Talk about making legislation. If this does go through, it would be legislation without any thought behind it. It's emotional legislation based on emotion. So uh, it can't get any more asinine than that. Absolutely. And just jumping back to the, the root topic of, of immigration, we're seeing a lot of this sort of anti-immigrant fervor in, in the United States, and, and I'm with you on this one, Mark. I believe it really comes down to a, a deep-rooted sort of racism that's still prevalent throughout America. I don't know how many people feel, and I don't know how many people in America feel this anti-immigrant sentiment, but it certainly seems like a lot, doesn't it? There's a lot of people, and maybe it only seems that way because, you know, these guys get on the radio and they spout off their, their anti-immigrant rhetoric and their hatred, and maybe that's why it just seems that way because, you know, a lot of people uh, in the religious movement aren't as extreme as the people that get on the radio and spout off their, uh, their viewpoint. So maybe Americans really aren't as hating as we might think that they are. A lot of them are just ignorant, I think. I think that's a huge factor. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, something a little bit light, the 10 most ridiculous lawsuits. Mark Scottum, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. It's all free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where there's a wiki. 
Over 1,300 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. See what I mean by heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to help keep you getting from, uh, keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. Nevergetbusted.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Eddie in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eddie. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up? Oh, I just had a few statistics I'd like to tell you. Sure. That's all right. Well, the first one is the FBI hate crime statistics category. All right? There's a black on white hate crime. There's white on black hate crime. There's white on Hispanic hate crimes. But there's no Hispanic on white if a Hispanic attacks a white, the FBI labels it as a white-on-white crime. Hmm. And you have La, Ra- La Raza, which is the Mexican group, which is the race. You have Mecha, which is another hate group, which is the Mexican race, everything, all the other races, nothing. And mm-hmm. when, if you've watched recently a lot of the illegal alien protests, we want, we want our legalization. Many of the signs read... The Europeans go home. This is our land, not yours. Well, I can kind of understand that sentiment that they have. But I'm, when you, but yeah, right, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, um, they're vilified for their race largely. A lot of them are probably considered to be illegal when they're in fact legal. Um, they're just sort of lumped into this category. Um, they are the lowest uh, on the, you know, economic uh, scale. Down, they're they're way down on the economic scale, and in fact. Um, a lot of them have more claim to the land than we do, and, and they're being well, see, told, get the true. hell out Paul, of the United States. Ask that to the Pablo Indian tribe that's in Arizona. These Mexicans that are coming up here saying the Southwest is theirs, call the Pablo Indians. They have an 800 number saying, I have no idea who these people are who are saying this is their land, that they're the original inhabitants, when it's not true at all. The, 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 the Mexicans that are coming up are from the Aztec land, which was central Mexico, which was Mexico City. They were never up here for hundreds of, never, not until the last few hundred years, when their original Spanish conquerors Okay, and what's your Mexico point? But it's not, it's not a Southwest. legitimate claim anyway. Like, I wouldn't they have say... no claim at all. The Pablo Indians will tell you you I know. I'm not saying it's a legitimate claim. I'm saying it's an illegitimate claim. I would concur with you. I wouldn't say that the Pablo Indians, for for that matter, I own uh, property in in Sarasota, Florida. Do you think that it's fair that the Seminoles come and demand that land back? No, I don't either. But I do understand what they're saying, go home. It's more of a general um, statement. I'm not saying they're right, man. I'm just saying that everybody, that that free people should be able to cross borders freely. I under, well, yeah, I, I will have to hey, differ with that one. I bet you would. That's because you support the police state. <laughs> right. No, I don't support a police state. Oh, yeah? What do you support? A place where, well, I'm not even going to get into that because I've already talked about that. You're going to talk about a police state, but that's one Well, that's what you support, against. and you're just scared to talk about it now because you know that no, is that's the truth. I'm not scared to talk about it because I have other. Well, here's the one, and I'm going to say it this. You're, you're trying to make it look like the Ku Klux Klan white boys, all the bad ones. We have Mecca. Larazzi, you have the NAACP. Any hate, anybody that hates know, others for the color of their the skin, FBI I think are despicable, crimes. sir. Let me just say that the FBI hate crimes. Have You've already no said that. You've already said that. Do you have anything else? 
So according to the FBI, Hispanics cannot attack white people in a hate crime way because they are then labeled white. Well, first of all, I didn't even know there were I didn't know there were hate crimes. I thought that that legislation had yet to be passed. This is news to me. The FBI keeps statistics. You're just saying this is their statistics. I see. And it's not like, you know, if they do commit the crime that they're getting away with it. What we're advocating is that everybody be treated fairly. Can I say this? Do you have a problem with fairness? I have a problem when people attack me, and then all of a sudden I'm told i got to still live with these people. I live in the inner city of Cleveland. Wait, who's, who's attacked you? Oh, I've been attacked. In 1993, I had two black men attack me, kick in my front door. The only thing that saved me was my Second Amendment right. Thank God. I had two Hispanics attack me in 2001, mm-hmm. but thank goodness I was able to get away from that. Thank God. In my thank neighborhood, goodness. I never see whites attack Hispanics, whites attack blacks. I always see whites being attacked. But this is one thing that's hidden from the truth, that whites commit crimes against blacks and Hispanics about seven to eight times less than vice versa. But that's all a big, but it's all hidden. I would say that there's racism on both sides. Um, I would and, also say that uh, when you're talking about racism um, that comes from an upper class to a lower class, that you're um, that it, to me it, it is more understandable when they lash out. I mean, aren't you supposed to be the better one? I, we're all supposed to be the same. Supposed. I would agree I with that, attack. but I what I hear coming anybody. out of your vo- what I hear coming out of your mouth doesn't sound like fairness to me. It sounds to me like um, no, I, I am being discriminated against, so therefore I am right in discriminating against those people. What I'm saying is, mm-hmm. you're acting like these the Ku Klux Klan are the only bad guys, and the white people. Who's acted like that? I already told you, is, Eddie. I already told yeah. you that I don't like anybody that hates anybody else well, for the color of their skin. Start, on your show, you need to start talking about Mecha, which is the the Mexican race. Guess what, Eddie? You just called in and talked about it. Talk Thanks about for your call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's hey, go. He on. acts like we're on the air every night talking trash about the Ku Klux Klan. He acts like this is a, a nightly topic for Free Talk Live. No, it's not. What's the, this? Is the first time we've talked about hate groups in a long time on Free Talk Live. Okay. Yeah. What well, I mentioned the Black Panthers earlier. I mentioned uh, okay, so I didn't mention Mecha or whatever. Whoop de doo! I don't even know what Mecha is. There's um, fifty but I different him. hate groups out there. But I would also say that um, you know that our uh, that that white people's dislike of um, Hispanics is codified in law, or at least it's enforced largely um, by the use of our immigration policy. Do you understand what I'm saying? We go after. It's easy for the ICE people to go after, and therefore they do. They do what's easy. They go after the illegal Mexicans because, well, we know what Mexicans look like. Um, They look like them. Let's go after them. Um, It's hard to go after illegal Poles um, because, you know, who knows where they are and what they're doing. There's not that many of them. I'd like to point out that the, um, you know, Eddie had his little um, case study Mm -hmm. where he said that he was beaten or he was attacked by a couple black guys and and he was attacked by a couple of Hispanics, but he's never been attacked by white people. And he said he's never seen any white people attack other white people in his neighborhood. Well, you mean white people attack other races, I thought is what he was talking about. Whatever. Okay. Um, Anyway, it was his case study, Mm -hmm. and then he alluded to some statistics. I'd just like to say that in my case study, I've never known anyone to be attacked by anyone but white people. I've I've known plenty of people who've been attacked by white people, harmed by white people, um, uh, 
essentially beaten by white people. And so I just wanted to, you know, counter his case study there. Well, I've there are seen, people that are just thuggish on all sides. I've seen um, all kinds of races attack all kinds of races for all kinds of different reasons, and and sometimes their own races. And it doesn't, you know, mostly what these things are, um, you know, promulgated by is greed. And what I'm trying to say is that white people's racism, since we're sort of in charge, at least from the view of an outside race, mm-hmm. um, it's codified in law. Um, we prevent a certain amount of Mexicans coming here. So they're discriminated against. The government does. Yeah, the government does. Um, but, you know, if you're going to make draw huge generalizations about race, you have to draw them about white people, too. Um, no, and I don't think we should. So we discriminate against Mexicans coming here already. That's an attack on them. Why wouldn't they feel like attacking? I just wanted to back up what Ian said real quickly. And I've lived here forever, and I've only known white people to attack other people. So, 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams on our site, broadband and dial-up versions. Two sizes should fit virtually any Internet connection. So just go and enjoy them for free. They're on us, freetalklive.com. As we continue with the phone calls, let's go to William in Tennessee. Uh, You're on the amplifier line. Hello, William. Hey, uh, just real quick, um, I'm half Hispanic, and I've never kicked my own butt before. (laughs) It's good Um, to know. So, uh, uh, but y'all were talking about gold earlier, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so, uh, someone said something about someone finding a lot of gold and that increasing the gold supply and devaluing gold. Right. Um, but that wouldn't be the case. The person that were to find the gold would all of a sudden become very rich because beyond just a paper um a meaningless value. Um, it also has um, an intrinsic value plus a, uh, a tangible, uh, tangible value. Well, um, I, I can tell you a couple of historical incidents where, um, for instance, the king of Mali went to Mecca in the 12th century, and he had just you know spread out gold, you know just spent so much gold while he was in Egypt, the prices in Egypt increased tenfold overnight. That's the prices, because there was so much gold, and it collapsed both the Egyptian and the Melanese economies. Similarly, um, red, a readily available uh, readily availability of gold and silver in the New World caused hyperinflation in uh, the 14th, uh, or excuse me, in the Spanish economy, um, right after the discovery of the New World. So it's happened. I don't, I, I don't really think that would happen. Um, but it has happened. Because we have so many industrial uses for gold now. I would say that that does, um, you know, that that makes a difference, um, sure. But, you know, at the same time, if you increase the supply of gold, um, then, you know, the, the price is going to go down. Anytime you change the supply, the, it changes the value and um, of, of that particular item. The, that, only, the only reason gold is worth so much is because it's, it's scarce. If we suddenly found out New England was placed on not granite but gold, gold would be virtually worthless. William? Well, I, my, uh, 
my cousin has is a uh, economics uh, PhD. He's mm-hmm. actually done research on the economics of bling, and he's reduced <laughs> it to the base need of um, a person with a lot of gold has a much better chance of wooing a woman and procreating with her. Um, than than regular money? Are you just using the term gold? <laughs> are you just using the term gold um, at, uh, in general, position, like for money or what? Positional positional goods, like gold that you can see, because you can't see how much money a um, a man has in his pocket, but gotcha. you can see how much gold he has around his neck. Right, like rims and stuff. like that. I'm not that. sure you're going to get the high oh, yeah. necessarily. I, I don't know if, if you're putting out the right bait. To get the uh, the particular well, I, it depends on the kind of fish you're trying to catch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you're trying to get that wife fish, you know, a good woman who's going to treat you well and love you for who you are. Rims aren't going to be a factor. Rim, well, rims are uh, not as good as gold because at the very least, gold rims. Gold has well, just gold has value. No, you can't make rims out of gold. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Um, gold has value, and you can do something with that um, jewelry as long as you didn't pay a whole bunch of extra retail. You on could top plate of it. it with gold, couldn't but you? rims. Um, like think take for instance in the late eighties they had the trues and vos when they had the little tiny rims on cars um they, they, everybody wanted to have those well, what good are those now? Nobody wants those things you yeah, gotta have big giant twenty seven inch rims spinners. Now. So rims come and go in value, and, and they don't hold their value, whereas gold does. Well, also, William, I mean, what about my point that uh, in the free market economy, I mean, Mark, Mark is bringing up these historical examples where, you know, the king of Spain or whatever, well, in Spain, the government officially decreed that gold was the official money. In the free market economy, right. there is no official decree on anything being money. So right. if there's an increase in the gold supply, it, it devalues – it'll. I'm sorry, it'll devalue gold, and then all the other different uh, metals and whatever else the uh, competing monies are, are will become more uh, more competitive and more valuable. Oh, exactly. Very good. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the Cycle CAI toll-free line. So, Mark, the 10 most absurd, was it? Most uh, ridiculous, ridiculous mm-hmm. lawsuits of all time. Okay, um, let's see. It's this is from the personal injury lawyer directory. Is it the dash injury dash lawyer dash directory dot com? Why didn't they just register ambulance chasers? <laughs> I don't know, um, because that's not as nice. Okay, sometimes people are helped by uh, personal injury uh, sure, attorneys. Sure. The ten most ridiculous lawsuits of all time. Some people will try anything to make a million. Ever thought of suing someone because they look like you? Check out this and other frivolous lawsuits for a laugh, and don't try them yourself. Frivolous lawsuits are rarely made, made it through the courts, and usually wind up costing the plaintiff. As it should be. Number one, if I just drink enough beer, women will love me, right? In 1991, Richard Overton sued Anheuser-Busch for $10,000. He claimed to have suffered emotional distress, mental injury. Wait, let me guess, because he didn't uh, get oodles and oodles of blonde women falling all over him and waterfalls and that sort of thing? Very good. Um, <laughs> he claimed to have suffered emotional distress, mental injury, and financial loss because drinking beer did not make his fantasies of beautiful women in tropical settings come true to life, <laughs> as, he claimed it, um, as he claimed it had advertised, um, driving him to buy um, and drink more Bud Light. The case was dismissed. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what they're advertising, right? So wait, the fact that he didn't get the hot ladies in the uh, waterfalls meant that he drank more. Um, no, he's, that's not that. He it said, depressed him, and so he drank more. No, no, he's saying that he drank in order to get those things, because that's what the commercials showed, and right. he didn't get them. 
I, I, yeah, I realized that, but I thought that then he went and drank more no, because says, he didn't get the things. It says that he didn't get them as claimed it had advertised, right. driving him to buy more um, Bud Light. I don't think that that... I see. The I advertisement was, drove him to yeah, buy Yeah, the advertising more. drove him. Um, Got it. To, that's the way I see these sentences. So he didn't structure. start drinking Bud Light because of the advertisements. He was already a drinker. He just bought more, but he figured if he bought more, then he'd have more women. I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a drunk to think in this way. If you can't sue the system... Sue yourself. In 1995, Robert Lee Brock sued himself for $5 million. He claimed that he had violated his own civil rights and religious beliefs by allowing himself to get drunk and commit crimes, which landed him in the Indian Creek Correctional Center in Virginia, serving a 23-year sentence for grand larceny, breaking and entering. Uh, What could he possibly have to gain by suing himself? Since being in prison prevented him from having an income, he expected the state to pay his um, to pay. The case was thrown out. Wow. <laughs> Criminals need not bear the responsibility for their crimes alone when the real money is in Hollywood. 1996, the family of Patsy Ann Byers sued Oliver Stone, Warner Brothers, and others involved in making in the, the distribution of the movie Natural Born Killers for mm. an unspecified amount. They claimed that the movie caused Sarah Edmondson and Benjamin Darris to go on a crime spree, which resulted in Edmondson shooting Byers during a robbery, leaving her paralyzed from the chest down. The lawsuit was originally filed in 1995 against Edmondson and Darius, the actual perpetrators of the crime spree. Stone and the others involved in the film were added in 1996. The portion of the case aimed at Stone and his associates was um, dismissed in 2001. That's five years later. Wow. That would have been a very dangerous precedent if they had won that case. Sure it would. So bet Jack, bet Jack Thompson would have backed that one up. <laughs> Since when are haunted houses frightening? 2000. Um, a name. Uh, somebody Peters sued Universal Studios for $15,000. She claimed to have suffered extreme fear, mental anguish, and emotional distress due to visiting Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights haunted house, <laughs> which she said was too scary. So she sued for fifteen grand for being scared. At a haunted house. Wow. <laughs> when kids commit heinous crimes, who's responsible? She should definitely not. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights really freaks people out. Mm-hmm. She should give them a tip. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting into when you go to a place like that. I don't know that you know necessarily the first time you go, but, you know, it's, you, you, were, you were warned. Yeah, you're going to be scared. Right. This, is our, this is our purpose. Okay. When kids commit heinous crimes, who's responsible? Makers of every video game they've ever played, of course. Mm-hmm. In 2001, Linda Sanders and other family members of Columbine High School shooting victims sued 25 movie oh, and video game companies for $5 billion in a class action lawsuit. They claimed that they were, that were not for movies, including The Basketball Diaries and video games, including Doom, Duke Nukem, Quake, Mortal Kombat, Resident Evil, Mech Warrior, Wolfenstein, Redneck Rampage, and Final Fantasy and Nightmare Creatures. The massacre would not have occurred. Were it, were it not for those games, my childhood would have been a lot less interesting. Thank goodness for violent video games. You know, they should really consider suing the uh, the jocks at Columbine High School that pushed those kids around. That was the real factor. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. No, it wasn't. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. You like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should shop with us at store.freetalklive.com, where we've got all sorts of brand new merchandise for sale, including the hot-selling, hottest item we've ever sold, the Free Talk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. It is a 2-gigabyte MP3 player. It is also a flash drive, so you can just store whatever files you want on it. Um, in addition to that, uh, you can it uh, 
you can use it as a voice recorder. It's an ebook reader, and yeah, there's all kinds of neat features to it, and it's less than 60 bucks. So go and snap that up. It's in pre-order phase, as is our two different style hoodies. We've got the pullover style, which is a little heavier, and then there's zippered style, more for kind of like a fall or spring wear sort of thing. Uh, there's also the free, uh, free Marketeer t-shirt, the Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt, the, the brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap, uh, the Free Marketeer, or the Free Market, yes, the Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo, and more. So head over to store.freetalklive.com and get your Free Talk Live shopping done. Great way to support the show. Now, when we were going out to break there, Mark, you made, I said that we were talking about the uh, the Columbine situation, and or briefly, and I said that the jocks bullying the Columbine kids was was a major factor, as I understood it at least. No, you said that was motivation. the reason. What, well, what do the you think the reason is, was? The reason is, is because those kids were nuts. You know, they just you don't think the they fa- couldn't handle it. Everybody's been picked on by jocks, man. And does that is that an excuse for going around? A I didn't say your it was schoolmates? an excuse. You said it was the reason. It, it sounds like a goddamn. It excuse sounds like to me. the major reason to me. That's not an excuse. It's just the reason. If they hadn't been bullied by those jocks, then that might not have ever happened. Wouldn't you agree? I I don't know the answer to that. They might have gone around capping people anyway. They might have capped well, somebody it's, else. It's speculation somebody's, on both somebody's sides. Somebody's always going to kick you around or push you around or treat you some way you don't want to be treated in life. Is that an excuse to shoot them? No, it's not. And somebody's bound to do it. So, get, you know, they would have come unglued sometime. I mean, is it right to say that uh, Cho, he blamed the people at Virginia Tech for being rich on what he did? So is that saying that it's rich people's fault in that? I think, personally, I think that crazy people who go off on murderous rampage, rampages are crazy, and there's not much you could do to stop them from hurting other people. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I mean, you guys are discounting the fact that pushing someone around, especially someone who's mentally unstable, and making fun of that person could really do some extra damage where the damage might not have been all might not have already been done they might have just gotten their jollies out by playing their violent video games and just stopped there but because they were you know thrown in trash cans or beaten up or called names or whatever incessantly then that could have really taken a toll and i think you're just discounting that i'm not saying it's okay i'm not saying that it's you're you're coming really close to saying it's okay give me a break what are you talking about Yeah, yeah look man it's the, life is tough. Life is a series of of tough things that happen to you, and then you die one day. Yes, I understand that, so Mark. Thank th- those you. people were just nuts. The Columbine kids were just plain old nuts. If it wasn't the jocks that pushed them around, it might have been their boss that um, you know told them they had to come into work on a certain time, and when they didn't feel like it, that they're a loser. For I don't not know. There's a in. difference. I think there's a difference between getting physically, uh, you know, uh, assaulted and beaten up than having your boss tell you you're late for work. There is a difference, but, um, you know, I've been just as upset um, in the adult world at certain things that have happened, certain disappointments that have occurred to me as I was in high school at the time. You know, what the physical aspect doesn't really matter that much. I got beaten up, too. So what? A lot of people have. Everybody has. Largely, I would guess. Uh, certainly a number of people have. I can't and imagine anybody who, who walked out of high school that said that they didn't feel like they were bullied or treated poorly by somebody. I, th- I think I'm just suggesting that these guys may have been bullied a little bit more than most people were. I don't think, I don't think most people really get the, the full brunt 
of uh, of a bully. I think there are certain people that are ex- outcast types, certain people that I are excluded, that... and uh, and these the, they get picked on way more than other people. I know it. I picked on some kids when I was in high school. It wasn't uh, physical violence, but I certainly knew I certainly knew who the easier targets were and who the people that were targeted more often than not. Sure, there were certain select people in the school that were targeted by a lot of people, and living life for them must really have sucked. Look, and I'm not making an excuse for what they did. I'm just saying if it weren't for that sort of attitude on the part of a lot of American kids in high school, maybe we'd have less school shootings. That's all. You know, I, I, quit messing with kids. Quit beating people up. It's almost like you're defending the bullies. You know what I say is the bullies, if, if you're saying that that's the case, then I say the bullies come to school with guns and shoot the kids that they want to uh, mess with so that they don't come back um, to school and later shoot a bunch of kids uh, in the process. The bullies should just finish right, the freaking job. Sense. No, what you're saying doesn't make any damn sense what either. What are you talking about? Why is you're going to get picked on, man, and it's it, it's it's the true metal of a man and how he takes it. Uh huh. That's it. So okay, those kids were nuts. Period. And they and got picked. They on. probably would not have uh, killed anybody if they hadn't been picked on. Who knows? knows? That might be true. But someone could also make the case that yes, these kids were nuts. Would they have killed those people if they hadn't played those video games? Because you know what, most people video games don't make a difference for. But when you're talking about someone who is nuts and can't tell the difference between reality and what's real and what's not, mm-hmm. the, someone could make an argument against video games in that way for certain people who can't uh, di- uh, differentiate real between what's they not sure real. They sure do. They make that argument. Absolutely, but it's not a legitimate argument to uh, to ban video games. Well, it's and no as, more legitimate argument um, on bullies than that's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. I don't understand. <sighs> You're making the argument that it's the fault of bullies, and he's making. I didn't the say argument, it was their fault. I just said it was a huge factor. No, you didn't. Yes, you I said, did. You, you did not. You say go play huge back factor. the archive later. I, I can absolutely say that. You said the reason. That is the what you said, and I it's say the reason, the reason that was cited for, that was one of the reasons that was cited for why they did what they did. Fine, and so you're listening to the words of madmen that um, you know mass murderers. Well, why wouldn't you believe what they had to say? Well, why wouldn't you believe it was video games? They played them uh, because it's, they said it's about that it personal was responsibility, the, Ian. And you're not you're not even giving those kids their own responsibility. You're not even giving them that much. They deserve the responsibility. I think responsibility. you're putting words into my mouth. No, you, I didn't uh, say you it was the, the bully's reason. fault. You I just said, said that it was, was the, the reason. reason. That was the, their motivation for killing those kids. Fine. Um, the the reason that they killed those kids. You can kids, deny that if you want to, but you know that's to me that seemed to be a pretty the reason much clear they killed fact. Those, the reason they killed those kids is because they're nuts. They right. couldn't deal with reality. They're sad. Wouldn't you agree that the men? Okay, so. Uh, I agree that they're sad little men, but wouldn't you agree that the the bullies are also um, sad and pathetic as well at the well, same sure. time? Picking on anybody weaker than you is a very sad thing to do. Well, I doesn't mean, the literature pathetic. show that no, no one's just a bully? Everyone's both bully. Anyone who's a bully has also been bullied and bullied. Yes, it's a it's a cycle of abuse. Sure. So in that in that aspect, it's not unheard of. It's not uh, what the Columbine shooters did isn't unheard of. They continued the cycle of abuse. It's just that they got a little bit more violent than their uh, tormentors did. A lot more violent. 
And I think that, uh, you know, don't discount the influence that uh, harming someone can have on their psyche. It could have driven them down the path of insanity even further. They might have already been a little bit uh, twisted, but that might have simply been because uh, they were ostracized to some extent in elementary school. I don't know where it started for them. I don't know their exact histories of, you know, when they were the outcast in school. At some point, it started. At some point, they were on the outside of the in crowd, and they started taking it personally, probably, you know, started wearing black or whatever it is that they wore mm-hmm. as a result of that, which, of course, just promulgated the sure. harassment even further sure, I get it. on it, just pushing them further down the road of insanity, eventually to the point of breaking where they snapped and came out and, and attacked people. I never said it was right. I never said it was justified. I'm just telling you the mentality behind it. That's I get, all. I get what you're saying. But if it hadn't happened with the bullies, if somehow we got rid of bullying in this world, um, and which is never going to happen, and I feel that bullying helps make a man, quite honestly. That's pretty lame. It you. might break a few. But, um, you know, I think that largely right, so break a, lot a few people, eggs as long as it's, it's all right. They'll kill I'm a few not, people I'm in the meantime. I'm not advocating bullying, Ian. You just said it was a good thing for a man. I'm just, no, no. I said that bullying can make a man. I, can also, I also believe that, uh, you know, that, that going into the military or being in prison can make a man, too. We've got to go to the phones. It's Daniel in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. Yeah, you guys are talking about uh, bullies or what do y'all, I mean, are you? We're just arguing. You're on Free Talk Live, Daniel. What's on your mind? I was thinking about uh, the the truck out. You know about you know about the truck out that was happening. Yeah, what happened what with that? Happened? Uh, we had a, one of the truckers call us, and I never heard anything about it. It was supposed to happen at the end of April, and it, I didn't see it anything in the news. What happened? Yeah, I told a bunch of friends about it. I told uh, coworkers about it, and uh, so I was telling them, you know, you guys are gonna have to look for alternate routes to get to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is gonna be, you know, ours, so so to say. Uh, Boston Tea Party. It's going to be such a great, you know, just a American. I'm sorry, to, Daniel. Uh, we're short on time. Do you know what happened? Um, no, but I do have a, a solution. I think what we should do is we should uh, hire some of those the uh, day laborers to get some stuff done for us because obviously we can't do anything, and I know that those guys get stuff done. You know, you should call back sometime. Call back tomorrow night at the top of the show, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We'll, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that because we're really short on time. It's been Ian here with you. And Toby. Hi, Mark. What happened to the truckers, the truck out thing? Did you guys see any news? I didn't. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 